get me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, it is Mark Hershon once again back here with Suckatash. The Comedy Podcast Podcast. Um, gosh, I'm not exactly sure things are going to go smoothly today because uh, my engineer producer Joe Polino is out of town. Out of town. Can you believe that? So I'm trying to do this myself. Back like I did when I did my first couple of test episodes. Crouched in my apartment over a computer. But uh, Joe's left me all the bits and pieces that I hope I will need to make today happen. Uh, we've got a very full show, a whole bunch of stuff to do. A little later at, uh, this episode, we'll have a visit with Kelly Carlin. Uh, Kelly was uh, on uh, Epi 9 uh, back a little while ago, and uh, she's coming to town, uh, if town for you is in the Marin County area in Northern California, uh, which is right around the corner from me. I'm actually in Marin, and she's going to be doing her one-woman show, one night only, at the 142 Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley. So uh, we will have a visit with her a little bit later today. Uh, Halloween is just past, and I was a participant in a pretty fun show at the Throckmorton called The Grin Reapers. That's grin as in smile. A bunch of comedian types uh, reading works of classic horror literature. Yes, horror literature. People like Will Durst and Johnny Steele and Michael Bozier and Debbie Durst and Bill Bonham and Jeff Bolton. Uh, gosh, a whole bunch of people, including myself. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Don't know if that's going to be available, though I'm told that uh, there was an audio recording made. So if that uh, surfaces, perhaps I'll play my little piece here on a future episode of Suckatash. Um, I was a guest on a roundtable discussion as part of Dave Nelson's Comedy A Go-Go podcast, a, a podcast we've featured a few times here. And uh, Dave had gathered a couple of other podcasters together to talk about comedy podcasts. So uh, it seemed apropos that I was invited to be that, uh, a part of that. And Dave uh, hosted the chat, which also included Adam Harris from the Stand-Up Chronicles and Rich Pinder from the Anti-Semantic Show podcast. Now, I'm not sure exactly when that roundtable is going to drop. Dave will let me know, and uh, I'll let you know. Tweet it up when I find out. Uh, in the meantime, since uh, I've already featured Dave's show a couple of times, uh, and the last time fairly recently, I thought it would be a chance to listen to uh, the show from a couple of these other guys that I was on the roundtable with. So uh, first up, here's the Stand-Up Chronicles with Adam Harris. Adam's been running the show for about three years now. He's based in the Peoria, Illinois area and has... Uh, Quite a steady flow of comics coming through, believe it or not, at uh, courtesy of the Jukebox Comedy Club. So in this clip, uh, he's talking to actually a couple of old pals of mine, Dan Chopin and John Means, both of whom have moved to the middle of the country, but uh, they lived here in San Francisco for a while, and uh, John Means actually kind of made his comedy bones as Dr. Gonzo when he lived out here, and he was traveling around with the Dan Chopin, their friends, and so... Uh, they visited with uh, with Adam, and uh, they talked a little bit about how uh, one of Dan's bits ended up as a, a subject of joke deconstruction on an episode of HBO's Talking Funny uh, with uh, Ricky Gervais, Louis C.K., Chris Rock, and Jerry Seinfeld. So you're going to hear a little snippet of that 
at the end of this. But the corporate gigs, uh, I, I get more of those because the, the, all the young comics coming up, I mean, they're not working as clean. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got a jerk-off joke. Yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, they, everybody you talks about their you dick. Didn't, you didn't say anything but cock. You said cock. No, I mean, my, my, my masturbation joke is, you know, I, I had a poster of Anna Kornikova on the wall, but I had to take it down because I got tennis elbow. Yeah. But well, which, which is a subtle jerking off joke. Right. Without did, saying I'm jerking off. You did sitting on a cock because I'm gay. Right. <laughs> okay, you said cock. But, but you, that's, you leave that one out of the corporate game. But does it depend on the yeah. age of the crowd? This was a much younger crowd. Yeah, of course. You know, what did. Played play the crowd. But, by the by, that my sitting on the cock as I'm yeah. gay, if you see that show with uh, Ricky Gervais and Seinfeld and Chris Rock. Talking comedy. Talking about. On HBO. They talk about. They, uh, Louis C.K. saw me do that in the early 90s. That's me he's talking oh, about. Oh, really? And he didn't remember that it was me. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I did that joke because that was 20 years oh, yeah. ago. Louis was Louis in the competition with you. Right. And he saw me do that somewhere. And he was talking on the show about that. And said, so I forget who the guy was, but he was kind of bombing. He pulls out this guitar and I'm sitting on a cock because I'm gay. And they talk about it for like 15 minutes. Uh, okay. They have a big debate about uh-huh. it. <laughs> Is it funny? Is it, is it funny? And, and they're all just, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I was, I was thrilled that, yeah. that I got props for it. Yeah, but it's, sure. you know, But they didn't remember, but they didn't my, remember name. my name. That's why I use Gonzo. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, well, should I, you know, and, I, and I'd like to find an old clip of that from the 90s and send it to Louis C.K. and say thanks for the, thanks for the props. Yeah. But I don't want to put it online or anything because I don't want, you know, corporate clients to go, oh, looks like Dan Chopin, I think, is going to be here for our event. Let's, let's Google Dan Chopin. Google Dan Sitting Chopin. on a cock because I'm gay. Well, I think we're going to just shoot that idea down. Yeah. yeah. Years and years ago, I saw a comic uh, in some horrible club bombing with a guitar, and he sang, uh, sitting on a cock because I'm gay. <laughs> and that's still... Yeah, but I will. I'm in the shower sitting, and I just I but can't. But you're laugh. laughing ironically. It's the funniest thing I but ever heard in my life. You're laughing ironically. No, 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 that, yeah. no. that is a, no. It's well, a... I did. I laughed ironically at you setting up this guy struggling and doing a tap. <laughs> no. I laughed ironically. No, it's true. I no. love his. I love. Yes, you do. You're not him. laughing because that's a clever, funny line. It's, it's and the, you're the, laughing at the context. Why are you so upset? It's just funny. It's, it's <laughs> funny, but we're laughing at you it. Gotta, you gotta get off the No, no, no. That is a pretty good joke. I respect. It's a pretty good joke. You can only laugh at that because we're intelligent, educated people knowing that you shouldn't go out and go sitting on a cock All right, Dan Chopin visiting with uh, Adam Harris and the Stand-Up Chronicles. Dr. Gonzo, John Means hanging there in the background. And a little snippet from Talking Funny from HBO. I don't know if it's even legal we played that snippet, but it wasn't part of our snippet. You have a trouble with that? Uh, you talk to Mr. Harris over at Stand Up Chronicles, okay? Um, anyway, let's move on to uh, the anti-semantic show again. Uh, Rick Pinder was one of the guys that uh, was with me on that uh, uh, roundtable about podcasting. Here he's joined by his three other co-hosts, Drew, Ryan, Antihero, and Prado God. And uh, they uh, their log line at anti-semantic reads, uh, Four assholes with microphones discuss politics, current events, movies, wrestling, and many other topics of an overall useless nature. Uh, on this particular snippet, we're going to hear Pinder himself, uh, who was uh, stalking Lewis Black. So what's going on, guys? How was uh, our respective weeks? Lovely. I actually went and saw Lewis Black on Thursday. It was awesome. I think I was sick. 
And then I stalked his van. How'd that go? That didn't sound good. Like, at I all. stalked his tour bus. I was trying to meet him. I just wanted to meet him. I wanted that? to meet him because the reason course, I, like, right, when right, I right. started, well, you know, besides the celebrity thing, I have a special connection. <clears throat> Because the night I decided oh, to I'm do sure he knows all about that. stand-up yeah, yeah. comedy. Well, okay. I'm sure that wouldn't scare him at all. <laughs> we have I'm... a connection, Lou. Lou. I, I just wanted to me. tell him. I just wanted to tell him that he inspired me to get into stand-up comedy because I was on acid. Were you gonna? <laughs> were you gonna throw a demo CD at him like you did at uh, the lead singer of the Paper Chase? Yeah, I would have too if I had a demo CD. I would have thrown <laughs> my do website. You know, do you know what you should have did, Rich? Did you write a note and stick it into the tour bus? No, I just kind of skulked around it for a while and made his staff uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably used to it, I mean. It probably happens everywhere. I don't know. There's Uh, a rich fender in every town. Yeah, it's got to be. I just wanted to shake his hand. I don't want to do anything. There's a fat guy claiming that he got into comedy from the black every single town. There's no claim. I sat there. Ryan was there. I was on acid. I was staring at the ceiling moving. We were watching Louis Black's special, Black on Broadway. And I went, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. That'll be funny. <laughs> the ceiling's moving. There's, there's definitely a fat guy in every town with the exact same story. Oh, yeah? Maybe I don't ask him. Maybe alcohol. Maybe a lot of weed. Maybe yeah, what about Peoria, Illinois? You think there's people there? Probably meth. Yeah, meth heads who are like, I don't need to do uh, comedy because... Where is it to do comedy in Peoria? Do you just go to, like, cow fields and yell at cows? Ha! <laughs> yeah, they're, so. they're your test audience. That's how you test out new jokes. If they shit while you're telling a joke, it's obviously a good one. <laughs> Actually, yeah. and then this weekend we went out for Drew's birthday and Tom's birthday. Well, we went, we went for, well, and Tom's Tom, birthday. Well, Tom Stop doesn't do Tom. the show, so what the fuck? We're just saying that for it. Right? But uh, before that, before we went Come out on. for it, we uh, we were walking through the streets. We went to the Power Hour. Yes, that show. was phenomenal. Comedy show. Rachel Excellent. Feinstein killed it. So hot. Rachel and Feinstein wrecked it. Oh Everyone was awesome. It sounds on it. hot. <clears throat> But uh, she's been on TV before. Except for the whole, we went to uh, we went to another bar and we we split off. It was me, Lacey, and Ryan originally, and Ryan went to one bar and we went to another one a couple blocks down the road. So when we split off, we were walking by and there was just some Chinese guy. I I I guess Chinese. He might have been Korean or something. I'm assuming Chinese, but I'm probably wrong. Maybe if he looks Japanese, then he's probably Korean. (laughs) That's usually how it works. That's how it works. He had long hair. He had long hair. Okay, and, and he I was and he was Asian, and he was in the middle of the street, and he and he just started yelling like at everyone passing by. He's just going. He's like, 10 days vacation, ten days. If I sprayed pepper spray on his dick, I get ten years. <laughs> That's what I get for spraying his dick, and I don't know. I didn't, I wouldn't have gotten that one. There's definitely more to that story. It turns from out that guy's perspective. It turns out there's an actual news story where a police officer recently got ten days of vacation uh, because he pepper sprayed someone in the dick, in the dick. or something like that. Was his dick offending him? I don't. Know. Like, I don't get it. Like it's like, hey, put your dick away. I'm Here's not gonna pepper, pepper spray you in the eyes, which is the most effective. I'm gonna pepper spray you in the dick, so you're in pain for days. We've talked about this before. Yeah, that's the best place to pepper spray someone. I think it's oh, the third man. eye. We actually, in future, we have to have um, the Mighty Vin back on the show. He says he has a great story to tell us about hot pepper and your penis. Uh, uh, three, uh, we've listen, done that already. Listen, uh, 347-927-4607. That's our new number. That's yeah. our new awkward number. You don't have to. It, is, it doesn't flow off uh, the tongue three, at four, all. 347 we got to keep it seven, on seven, the board seven. forever because it's really annoying. I, uh, I knew I was going to miss uh, engineer producer Joe Polino. I just didn't know I was going to miss him this much and Studio P uh, is certainly better appointed than uh, my 
joint here. Uh, anyway, that was uh, the Anti-Semantic Show. You can find them at antisemanticshow.com. Also on iTunes. Uh, I also, uh, see, this is what happens when I don't have my producer with me. Uh, I forgot to say where you can find the Stand-Up Chronicles uh, with uh, Adam Harris. Uh, in fact, their URL is uh, so sort of long that I'm just going to say, look up Stand-Up Chronicles in Google. You'll find it easier or even simpler, just go to iTunes and look up Stand-Up Chronicles. Uh, next up, uh, a visit with one of my favorite uh, podcasts, Affirmation Nation with Bob Duca, uh, a succotash favorite, it's safe to say, and uh, Seth Morris's Bob Duca character is always just the thing to pick you up when you're feeling down, not so much because he's inspirational, so much as because your life can't possibly be as sad as his. Hi. Welcome back to Affirmation Nation with me, Bob Duca. Today, uh, I'm going to answer a listener letter. This one reads, Hi, Bob. I just finished my bucket list. I'm wondering if you have a bucket list, and if so, what's on it? Yours, Jim. Well, Jim, thank you for asking. Uh, I'm constantly amending my bucket list and uh, striking things off when I achieve them and adding things when they come to me. So the following is my current, but no doubt not permanent, bucket list. Here we go. Visit all 50 states. Kiss passionately in the rain. Do a firewalk at a Tony Robbins seminar. Attend the tomato festival in Italy. Attend the ketchup festival in Idaho. Hand forge a knife. See a total eclipse of the sun. Learn to stare at the sun for five minutes or more. Tickle a sperm whale. Go zorbing. Learn to ride an adult tricycle. Learn to play the guitar. Unlearn the theremin. Swim with dolphins and not be attacked by them. Get unhypnotized. Obtain my white belt in geriatric karate. Invent cargo shorts with pork chop pockets. Have a disease named after me. Lose 200 pounds. Complete a Zumba class. Continue my correspondence with my message in a bottle pen pal. Draw a Zentangle. Swim with a manatee. Eat manatee meat. Make love on a catamaran. Go to the top of the Eiffel Tower and masturbate. Learn to make my own casts. Learn to read English. Sit in a grounded helicopter. Google a zip line. Meet someone who's seen the northern lights. Incite the Amish to violence. Donate my mustache to locks of love. Have my vestigial tail removed. Be the victim of a kidnapping. Sit on a heated toilet seat. Meet my birth uncle. Climb a shoe tree. Bottle feed a baby chubacabra. Fly a kite at night. Transcribe the audio tapes of my most recent exorcism. Participate in a flash mob. Compete in a murder ball tournament. Make a pie from scratch. 
Return my copy of the bucket list to Netflix. Meet Mother Teresa. Open a Hotmail account. Go on a walkabout in the Australian outback. Go on a walkabout in the Austrian outback. Go to Outback Steakhouse. Find out what fisting means. Reconnect with my children. Walk a mile in someone's shoes, provided their shoes have decent arch support and can accommodate my special sack. Learn to sing a Mexican drug cartel murder ballad. Oh, I guess that's it. Okay, well, that is my bucket list so far. Thank you for your letter. Keep those letters and emails coming. Um, and uh, have a great day. Bob Duca, signing off. There's Bob Duca. You can find him at Earwolf.com. Also on iTunes, of course. Give him a listen if you get a chance. And speaking of giving somebody a listen, how about a visit from our friends at Henderson's Pants? Your friends at Henderson's Pants would like to talk to the ladies out there in podcast land. With the summer long over and winter coming on, you might think this is a funny time to be offering a great deal on Henderson's out-of-season clam digger pants. And you'd be right. Due, however, to a horrible error in the Henderson's pre-washing facility in Denton, Delaware, an entire run of Henderson's swing-bottom cruising trousers were shrunk beyond recognition and very nearly discarded by a brain-dead custodian. Kudos to a fast-thinking Carl Fredrickson. The very same Carl Fredrickson who'd been the one responsible for the extreme shrinkage in the first place. Sure, they were originally for slim-hipped men at first, exclaimed Carl as he was being escorted by building security to his car, but we can just call them clam diggers, say they're for ladies, and who'd be the wiser? Who indeed, we'd never tell, and neither will Carl now that he's signed an ironclad non-disclosure agreement in exchange for getting his job back. So from the dustbin to the discount rack come Henderson's out-of-season clam diggers, just in time to be tucked away and forgotten about till you're too fat to wear them. Originally designed for Patty Duke, Mary Tyler Moore, and the cast of The Housewives of New Rochelle, Henderson's out-of-season clam diggers are available for a song and $46 plus any applicable sales tax. That's Henderson's makers of fine leg sheaths and bottom buffers since 1236. And now back to Succotash. Oh, thank you, Bill Haywatt, and your fine commercializing. Um, Bill Haywatt will be back with uh, Boozin' with Bill a little later this show. In the meantime, let's dip into the Tweet Sack. Oh, yes, the Tweet Sack. Man, we just, you know, we don't get a whole lot of mail. Email, regular mail, tweets, anything. Uh, we do have our loyal listeners, uh, but uh, most of them are just uh, retweeting us or, or giving us a... Uh, a follow Friday message, which we really appreciate. But we do get the occasional tweet that goes into the tweet sack. This is from uh, one of our, uh, not really a fan of most of the people on the show, uh, but he <laughs> does seem to enjoy boozing with Bill. Here was uh, Re Rev Zeb Futterman's latest tweet to us. I approve of your broadcast featuring that soulless, shambling hobo teaching children about the evils of drink. That is all. That's from uh, Rev Zeb Futterman. It's all in capital letters. Uh, hope I never meet him in a dark alley. I can tell you that. Uh, we also have a Succotash hotline, and we have a Succotash hotline call. 
Uh, if you ever want to call us on the hotline, it's uh, area code 818-921-7212. And uh, it's not really a hotline. It's just voicemail. So leave us a message and uh, we might play your message just like this bit of rambling discourse. Suffering succotash. Fucking cocksuckers, what are you guys up to? This is Goopy Bone from 186.Deuce, the worldwide radio show. I just want to let you know that it's fucking a Halloween Monday right here. And since you guys fucking put all your information on your goddamn fucking voicemail, so you guys got a free shout-out right there live on my radio station doing an underground show here on fucking uh, blog talk radio, talk shoe, singlesouls.com. TrilateralRadio.com uh, and so many other fucking places. Um, I just want to say, uh, what's up? How you guys doing? I'm Goofy Bone from 186.Juice, the worldwide radio show. And, you know, just drinking. Enjoying life. Cheers to you guys and all the success you guys had on Suckatash Radio or whatever, comedy podcast. Well, that was that was just delightful. Thank you, Goofy Bone. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what to make of that. I wasn't expecting a call from Goofy Bone. I don't know him, but apparently we got a free plug because he called our hotline on his show. So, hey, the least we could do is return the favor. So if you uh, want to catch yourself a little Goofy Bone, not sure where to find him, but uh, he's on Blog Talk Radio somewhere and... Uh, Apparently, he's got to top off the liquor bottle on Halloween, so. Ah, good heavens. All right, let's, uh, let's jump down uh, south of the equator to Australia and uh, a show called The D-Head Factor, which stands for Dickhead Factor. Uh, these guys, uh, they've just gotten started. I think this is from episode five or six. And uh, it's uh, Jabs, the main host, and Josh and Adrian and Stu. And there's another guy who shows up when he feels like it. But uh, their, uh, their show is supposed to be a satirical look at random news dedicated to all those dickheads out there. Uh, but in this uh, clip, they're really just kind of uh, doing a commercial for their own show. It's uh, sort of interesting. This is an ad, but, so this is you. Yeah, this is me. This is the ad. Download. Download, download, people. It's great news. Catch up with Josh, Jabs, Scotty, when he decides to, uh, to come down and yeah. put in his two bobs worth. Yeah. As long as he's putting in his two bobs and not his pants. And not the two bob off the farm either. Yeah. Download episode, we're a um, great bunch of guys. Like to have a laugh. Like you guys downloading. Um, Listen to Stewie's, uh, Stu and Army's music. Yeah, and the um, and, um, Johnny Roekill. Johnny Roekill. And Rod Opera. That's the punk rock. Oh, really? Yeah, you know the, the band that we listened to the other night? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. thought was great. Yeah, yeah that was That's unreal. That's Rod Opera, yeah. So, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. More, more, of, more downloads. You yeah. can hear um, all the random news. Yeah. He's struggling a bit here, people, but he's getting there. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. you got random news. There's only another two shows, so... <laughs> the three, three drunk guys and sometimes four. Yes. What's that dickhead factor? The dickhead factor is three drunk guys and sometimes a fourth podcast. What am I missing? The minicast. Oh, the minicast. What, what do you take the minicast as? The minicast fills in. Yeah, the weeks. The fortnightly where we don't Because know. what I do is I save certain clips for certain weeks and then I insert them. I just want people to download stuff. Well, there you go. On Josh's note, um, 
this is you're going to do your ad and then just say fucking download stuff <laughs> that's what I've been saying since the start but you sound like, like you're, you sound a minute like you're and a half again please download please download I'm just saying please yeah well, please download yeah. I don't give a fuck if you download it or not really if you download it you download it it's great I'm great Jabs is great Scotty's alright yeah he's alright Aaron, Aaron's fucking funny Aaron's funny. Uh, loves Bog, himself. Bogda's funny. Loves yeah. himself a little too much. Stu's funny. Bogda, I forgot about Bogda. Uh, and for all those people thinking, uh, is Stu that random? Unfortunately, he is. Stu is random. Stu is random. A little and bit fucked Big up Tony. sometimes. Big Tony's been on a Tony made past, an appearance. So. Yep. That's um, no, been good. So keep downloading everything. And um... Longest ad ever. Get to the point. What do you mean? Two and a half minutes. How many people are still listening to this fucking ad? The guy can't find the stop button. (laughs) Okay, what are you going to sum the ad up with? Like I said, fucking minute and two seconds ago. (laughs) Download it. I don't give a fuck if you do or you don't. Well, you do because you like looking at the downloads. I do. It excites me. Hello. I get like I can see that it excites you. Half a mongrel <laughs> when we hit a thousand. <laughs> All right, ad done. Download it. Download the podcast, minicast, dickhead factor, and throw drunk off. Sometimes full. He struggled to get through that, but congratulations, Josh, for his first ad. Thank you, Yabba Dabba. All right, mate. So there's the uh, the D head factor, the dickhead factor. You can find them at the D head factor.blogspot.com. They're also on iTunes. I mentioned earlier a visit with Kelly Carlin, daughter of George Carlin, uh, late great George Carlin. Uh, so uh, let's have that visit with her now. You've recently had a changeover in terms of uh, where your show is originating from, Waking from the American Dream. Yes, I am now on Kevin Smith's Smodcast Network, and it's very fun. Well, tell me, tell me how that happened. Well, uh, Kevin invited me on his morning show. He's got two. He's got so many podcasts, but he's got a morning podcast that he does with his wife Jen, and they invited me to come on. And um, it was just an amazing time. Uh, Kevin's, uh, ever, as most people know, was a huge fan of my dad's. And so I brought Kevin a gift and told family stories and made him cry about four different times. Okay. <laughs> and um, after I did the podcast, I mean, I got like 2,000 new Twitter followers because everyone was just like, oh, my God, that episode was so beautiful and it was so great. And so uh, when I uh, was there after we did our podcast, I said, you know, I would, you know, my, I'm looking to bring my podcast to a new level, and I would love to be part of Smodcast. And the words barely got out of his mouth, and he was like, "Done." So I've been on there for a little over a month now. Fantastic! And uh, yeah, how, I, love it. Uh, I assume the response has been gangbusters. It has. It's been really great. A lot of new fans. A lot of new listeners. And, uh, you know, it's what it's all about. It's just spreading the love. That's fantastic. Um, any, uh, any new polymind uh, get-togethers in the last month since you've been there at your house? Uh, actually, yeah. Uh, last weekend, Rain Pryor was in town. So we had a little polymind gathering in honor of Rain, and uh, it was fantastic. It was, uh, it was a really great night, and Rain had just gotten back from doing her first 
uh, co-headlining gig on the road as a stand-up. Oh, so it's really, yeah, really exciting time for her. Terrific. Gosh, that, uh, that's uh, got to harken back to memories for a whole bunch of people that knew her dad. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, the show you've got coming up to uh, to the Throckmorton? Well, I'm bringing my solo show, A Carlin Home Companion, up, and it's I've only done it. Um, I premiered it in Montreal earlier this summer at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, and uh, it's a story that I've worked I've worked on these essays and different stories for over ten years now, and then Paul Provenza's come in and helping me shape it into this beautiful, cohesive tale of my life with my mom and my dad. And I play clips from my dad's career uh, and then bounce off my life and the clips kind of bounce off my stories. Uh, and it's, it's really cool. I, I started in 1960 when my parents met and um, go all the way to 2008 uh, when my dad died. Um, so there's, uh, there's some laughs in it, but it's, uh, it's certainly not just a, a comedy show for people that might be uh, uh, not as familiar with your, your spoken word performances. It, exactly. Yes, I am not a stand-up. It's not a. It's not a comedy show per se. It is. Uh, there are some absolute laughs. There are definitely laughs when Dad's on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, and I get a few laughs too. But it's you know it's it's the uh, it's the overall story. It holds all the emotions of uh, you know the early '60s during the straight years with my dad, and then him making the big change, and then the crazy drug years, and then my own kind of blossoming into an adult and my making my own choices, good or bad. And, you know, and, and being in relationship with my mom and my dad, especially during that time. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's really a full, it's a really full journey and adventure with the Carlin family. Well, that sounds great. It's uh, on November 13th, I believe. Yes, it is. And a Sunday night. A Sunday night, so it's one night only, and yeah. uh, folks can get tickets by going to the uh, 142throckmortontheater.com uh, URL, I believe, and that's theater spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Correct, absolutely, and, and I'm really excited to be at the Throckmorton. We're shooting, we're shooting it that night for a sizzle reel for me because I'm going to go out on tour in 2012, and... Uh, Paul and I both wanted to come to the Throck because it's got such a great vibe. The audiences are so wonderful. And uh, and it's got a history of comedy there with Mark Pitta and all those amazing people like Mort and Robin and Dana who all live in the area and Will, you know, all those great Bay Area folks. And so, even, uh, uh, even uh, Charlie Chaplin performed there in 1923. So it's steeped in comedy history. Wow, I didn't know that. That's going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly, awesome. I, uh, I'm planning to be on hand for that show as well. So I look forward to seeing you in the uh, the Mill Valley, uh, San Francisco area in a little over a week. Uh, fantastic. Can't wait. As uh, you heard there, she'll be uh, here in the Mill Valley area doing her one woman show. And uh, you can catch her uh, own podcast, uh, Waking from the American Dream. You can find that at the Smodcast uh, location or on iTunes. I wanted to play a little bit of uh, This Week with Larry Miller. Big fan of Larry Miller. Have featured his show on this show before. His podcast has been on the, the internet for a little over a year. He's already got over a million downloads, if you can believe that. It's fantastic. 
And uh, he does uh, a lot of great stories. It's uh, often difficult to um, parse them down into a bite-sized format for our show. Uh, but he recently just told a simple joke. Uh, so I figured just to give you a little taste of Larry, here's, uh, here's that joke now. This is such an old, silly joke that the uh, in the middle of... <laughs> Because this will never come up again, so I'm, I'm going to tell it. You know, I'm not considering I'm a comic. I don't remember jokes very well, but I just remember this one. That's why I want to get it out to you, because you know, you just don't remember jokes. So remember, oh, regular joke jokes. So the thing is, it's in the middle of World War II, and two Jews have escaped from the from Warsaw, from the Warsaw Ghetto, and they decide they're going to kill Hitler. They're going to assassinate Hitler, and they find out he comes to the same restaurant at eight o'clock every night, and they get their guns ready and they hide out and they they practice it, they rehearse it. They, every single move, they know exactly how to sneak in through the ducts. They know how to climb down. They know where to wait. Eight o'clock every night, they try it out. Night after night, five nights in a row. And he, perfect at eight o'clock. And then they look at each other and they nod, okay, tomorrow's the night. And they get there, 7.55 exactly as, as planned. And suddenly 7.58, 59, eight o'clock, no Hitler. He's not there. Nobody gets there. The staff car doesn't show up. Nothing. 8.02, 8.05, nothing. The first time, he's not there. And tonight's the night. They're going to kill him. 8.10 and nothing. And then... Finally, one of them turns to the other and says, gee, I hope nothing happened to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a pretty good joke, isn't it? so silly. Ah, Larry Miller. Uh, you can catch him at acelarrymiller.com. He's also on iTunes, of course. Next up is a, a comedian, Jackie Cation. She has her own show and her very own unique take. It's called The Dork Forest. And although she's a comic, she's also a self-avowed dork. She brings out the dork, the nerd, the dweeb, and others as she proves on her show every week. Uh, she has fellow comedians and others on to talk about something that is of intense interest to them, which may seem incredibly nerdy to others. I told her uh, we communicated via Facebook. I wanted to feature something from Dork Forest on Succotash. She pointed me towards this clip of her with Daisha Tyler, uh, which she says is pretty representative of how nerds can crack each other up. It's interesting because D&D always felt like, and I get it, I get the people that were in that world because they wanted to inhabit it, but I read like the real, I mean, I read like the Tolkien, you know right. what I mean? Like I, read, right. you know. I, know, I didn't read Tolkien till uh, college. Wow. Till, till read, read, oh, yeah, it was and then so I took a class Tolkien. on it. So A class on Tolkien? Yeah. Ah! It's so cool. Oh, I want to go back to college. So I oh, can, can I can I recommend a podcast? It's <laughs> called The Tolkien Tolkien Professor. I will be downloading The Tolkien Professor uh it's awesome. Can you help you get through the Silmarillion? Yeah. Which was yeah. like, which my, is why. It's like my Iliad. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a, I can't get through it. You know what? Was it the Iliad that I had a problem with? Yeah. It was the Iliad. The Iliad was like you interminable. Get... This son, son of that son. Yeah. Or Dark Wine Sea and the sister yeah. of Briseis, son of Polius. Okay. Because yeah. Aeneid was so fine. Long. Yeah. Odyssey, great. Yes. Uh, chop, long. chop with the, with the, uh, we're constantly running into a new monster. Right. I'm on board, yeah, Homer. Let's do let's this. Let's do this. When yeah. I bring it. <laughs> Sirens talk right. about it and lash me to a mast. <laughs> right. So the books I read when I was a kid, they were mostly like. Um, the, I remember the first. My brother Phil turned me on to the to the Lord of the Rings, but mm -hmm. the first book he gave me was Harriet the Spy. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah, so I read all the all. I read all the Hardy Boy books. I never read the the Nancy Drew books. You know, because the Nancy Drew books weren't as, weren't as satisfying. Like I felt like I was drawn to them because it was a girl, right. but then they were never as kind of like interesting or muscular as the Hardy Boys. They were never as scary as what? the Hardy Boys. Yeah, they were never as scary no. as the Hardy Boy. And it was always at some point we were learning about manners. Yeah. And at some point she was running in pumps. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's got like a. 
pencil skirt right. and kitten heels. <laughs> I'm going to save the world, but I can only do it at one quarter stride at a time. You know what I mean? I'm going to catch this guy right. as I mince that, down the... You know what's yeah. going to happen? That's going to affect her movement. Yes, uh, exactly. In, instead that's... of six hexes, she only can only move three. It's, uh, <laughs> unless she rolls a 20. And then she loses two heels. <laughs> and loses then they're two flat. She's running barefoot, but then there's, right. a, yeah, there's, right, a, right. there's an injury mage. That... <laughs> if she runs into something. <laughs> exactly. Foot injury mage. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to be it's, back in the dork forest. It's exciting, actually, that they, they use the word dork because I feel like now modern times like nerd is like this emblem that you know people it's kind of people are inhabiting and really owning but like I was a dork and that was yeah. a very specific thing and that wasn't cool and there weren't like there wasn't a hip group of n- dorks that yeah. hung out with no. each other we were all we, Somebody, we, if only we had united forces we were all alone in our separate like I, I feel terrible like we bubbles. have it this time because everybody makes $120,000 a year <laughs> yeah, so finally sort of nerd. Right, yeah. yeah and but it's weird somebody uh, they just asked me in in um the LA Weekly, I'm doing a live podcast. Oh, that's awesome. And um, they asked me what the difference was between a nerd and a dork. And I made it up on the fly because I always do. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, how many Pull times? Pull that out. Ping right out of your Nerd, ass. dork, Shining. geek. What are the differences? <laughs> Whatever. But I really do believe this is that nerds, I think, have to know something. Yeah. <laughs> Dorks just have to be enthusiastic. Yes. <laughs> enthusiastic and, and outsiders. I mean, there's something about it. To me, like the idea of a nerd is like, they're they're specialists in some specific area and within that area they've got compatriots they've got some kind of a a, yeah yeah, maybe a very isolated team but there's a team you know what i mean (laughs) dorks are alone and they're and they're fascinated with things because they have nobody to talk to (laughs) right i I talk to my books because they're who is here i do like the indian village as a child in tiny indian villages i would make like little rivers you know like like in my backyard and uh, a lot of a lot of self-dialogue yeah yeah there's uh there was i would always um be Tarzan. I would make uh, oh, bows yeah. and um, bow and arrows, and I mm. would break up bushes and, and make arrows and stuff, and Neat. run around crafty. and um, crafty stuff. And I'd sh- sharpen the points on the uh, on the cement in front of the house. Well, you were on fire. You, I, you, yeah. you'd figured out tool oh, yeah. making. That's it. it was tool, <laughs> discovered tool, tool making. making. <laughs> <laughs> Advanced Finally. culture with our tool making. I always wanted to live off the land. My father was like, "We live in a suburb." Yeah. That's Jackie Cation with her guest Aisha Tyler. And uh, each week, uh, her guests go off spinning into uh, just uh, the most nerdy stuff. I remember a recent podcast she had with Greg Proops, where they were talking about just the most esoteric baseball stuff you've ever, ever heard of. At least it was to me. So uh, check that out at JackieCation.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-K-A-S-H-I-A-N.com, or on iTunes. Uh, you might also look for her on Stitcher. I don't know if she's on Stitcher Radio, but we are. Yeah, Succotash is on Stitcher Smart Radio. So if you've got a, a device that you uh, can get um, to the internet with, that's an iPhone, a Droid, an iPad, an iPod, iPad Touch, I Touch You, what? Uh, you can find us on Stitcher Smart Radio. So just look up uh, Succotash Show, and uh, we will appear with all of our comedy podcast podcast goodness speaking of that let's have our uh, our visit with one of our uh, new features we enjoy around here particularly after hours a little boozing with bill hello friends bill haywatt here with another installment of boozing with bill and <laughs> well you know our host mark hershaw and my good friend mark he's made no secret 
to all of you about my love of distilled spirits and my history with adult beverages. Why, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, of the decades that I have been in this wonderful broadcast industry, I have shared spirits and toasted some of the greatest sales managers in the country and some of the greatest salesmen. I can drink with the best of them, and I've left many of them under the table. I'll tell you that right now. But this drink I'd like to tell you about, I learned about when I was a booth announcer at KHIH in beautiful Honolulu, Hawaii. And this is a drink that is referred to me as the Honolulu Juicer. And I'll tell you right now, any drink that has southern comfort and fresh Hawaiian pineapple chunks, it's got to be good for you. <laughs> it's good to you, it's good for you. Anyway, uh, I learned about this drink when I was working on a show called Hawaii Calls. And it was directed by my good friend Webley Edwards, perhaps you remember him. Anyway, I would sit there under the veranda with Al Kealoa Perry and my good friend Harry Owens, Jim Wall, the assistant director, and course, the lovely and talented Hilo Hattie. <laughs> oh, we used to call her Hilo Hattie. I mean, she'd show up on the set with those Betty Page knickers and those come-hither pumps, and she was really something. She could put down those Honolulu juicers by the bucket full, and damn skippy, I was just the guy to make them for her. Hilo just brushed up against me, and she said, why, Mr. Hayward, Bill. I certainly would like one of Bill. those delicious... Uh, oh, well, I must have to Bill. tell you about the, uh, Bill. the recipe. Bill. But, uh, Bill. Oh, what? We, oh, I'm we, sorry. We go well, that's all the time we have for Boozing with Bill. I'll be back next time with another historic adult beverage recipe for you to not try at home. As the kids say, it's always a good vibe when you imbibe safely. Bye. Well, that was just fine, Bill. Just fine. Uh, I'm sure there was much of a recipe there. Uh, Southern Comfort and pineapple chunks, but I guess that's that's good enough. Uh, I man, I guess it's been a while since he's been in Hawaii. I think it's it's Hilo, Hilo, Hilo Hattie, but I I don't know. Bill knew her personally. I'm just a guy who buys shirts from a store called Hilo Hattie. Hallie. Uh, anyway, thank you, Bill. Hey, what? Uh, we'll uh, try and get that recipe up online, although it's pretty dang simple. Um, but thank you very much for that. And uh, let's, uh, you know, I, I give out a shout to uh, to people that have comedy podcasts. I say, send us, uh, send us a sample of your stuff. I'll put it on here. And uh, sure, they come in. We've got quite a number of them this week. Sometimes I'm never quite sure what's what we're going to get. Uh, so this next uh, piece is the Big Sauce Radio Show out of Boston. Uh, it's a once-a-week internet radio show, 8 to 10 p.m. on uh, unregularradio.com. I guess that's Eastern Time. And then they podcast up for the rest of the week. Um, so anyway, I say, hey, send me your clip of what you think represents your show. This is what host Big Sauce is serving up. Hi, don't forget to tune in Thursday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. on Unregular Radio for the Big Sauce Radio Show. One of the girls who was sitting there asked me, looked me straight in the face, and she said, hey, do you diddle? Pointing at Thrin and I, and I looked at her, I'm like, I don't, do, do you do diddle? And she's like, no, stupid, do you sleep together? And it was like, and then there was that awkward moment between Thrin and I. It's like, what do you say at that point? Do you turn to the girl and go, oh, no, no, we don't do that. Because then the, you know, awkwardly, the other person will feel like, oh, what, am I not attractive? I, I'm not good enough. Like, you, you don't want to sleep with me. But then the other thing is like, we're friends and I'm married. 
So what do you say? That, did, I felt uh, awkward at that. That moment. and it's a terrible fucking name. Like diddle, <laughs> really? That's on par with hand dookie. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I would never diddle, like ever. And then we did a bazooka Joe, which is my favorite. Um, <laughs> that one, it's a half a cup of Rebel, and it's a Bacardi Limon, and then you do a splash of grenadine on that. And it's a drop shot. You drop it in, and, out, and you just chug it as fast as you can. And then you wait for, like, three seconds or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you just taste bubble gum. Oh, so awesome. Yeah, it's like a happy ending to a shot. <laughs> really? Is that what you call a happy ending? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. warm and tingly. <laughs> All right, whatever gets you there. My sister is a 41-year-old woman with very large breast implants. She's had them for about two years. And in those two years, her seven-year-old son has kicked her in the breast so many times it created a slow leak. What? How, how tall is this kid? Wait, can, or how I low is her sagging on her breast? What kind of shoes is he wearing? My, my, my number one me? question is, why does someone email this to you? I mean, it's what? Yeah. Why are you email yeah. this? Dear Dean. <laughs> my tits leak from when kids kick them. Regardless, Santa Fe, let's go. San Jose, sorry. She went up, and her friends were MMA fight, well, trying to be. Dude, all these guys had like crazy cauliflower ear. Oh, that's gross, man. And I was like, holy shit. You know, I can't help this, but I just want to sing, Do you know the way to say Jose? Oh, my Lord. You just totally gate up MMA. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready to hear my mashup? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Right, here, this is, I did this, it took me probably like two hours. So don't think it's anything fancy, but I wanted to prepare it in honor of Groove Boston being here because. I had such a good time, and I want. Can I get another in, another invitation to a party? Absolutely. Open your street box. I'm gonna. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How many the times have box. I heard that? <laughs> Let me tell you what I used to do back in like 1985. Oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> I was working at the Sheraton Hotel Bar. Nobody parties like the Sheraton. It's called the Sadie Thompson Lounge. I actually had to take records and put them on the turntable and cue them up, and then play with the pitch control to get the beats matched, and then I would play the songs back and forth and go from turntable to turntable while I was talking to the crop. That's awesome. So <laughs> These yeah. young kids don't know about that. Did you have to walk to the Sheraton uphill both ways? <laughs> Did you ever photocopy your ass on a copy machine? <laughs> Sit down and hit the button. Get off the wagon and get on the saddle! Yeah. It was on a boat going across the Aegean Sea, actually terribly exotic, and um, a man I didn't know, I what? hit it off with. I was um, of consenting age, but not quite old enough to know any better, and he's like, I want to make you my island princess, and you should come with me off the boat. And I'm like, I can't do that, I'm on a school field trip. And, um, <laughs> We'd love to talk about how you handle hecklers, and you're okay. a master at handling them from what I hear. She was the third member of the group who had said something mean to me during the show and I said oh look at the least attractive one trying to make her bones with the group Holy this is an interesting show I'm enjoying myself <laughs> I, didn't know what, I didn't know what to expect What is there not to like about Ryan? Oh my God! Really? Don what's happening in LA? Don, you're in LA, man. Is Ryan Seacrest a god or what? No. <laughs> yeah, I think you're the only you're the only you know heterosexual man I've heard you know throw that out. Like, Dean knows ludicrous. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, uh, me and Ryan actually cheated our way through high school together. Uh, <laughs> Can you perform oral skydiving?
Pro. That would be a little difficult. I, I feel bad for the dude walking down the street under that sky. <laughs> Some dude telling another pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> So there you've got the Big Sauce radio show with your host, Big Sauce, and uh, his uh, cast and crew. I don't know who all those people are, but they seem to be having a really good time. You can catch them at BigSauceRadio.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and on iTunes. Uh, I have a very short clip from uh, Paul Goebel. You, uh, you might remember back in the year 2000, Paul Goebel was crowned TV's uh, ultimate fan on TV Land. Uh, since then, I'm not sure what he's been doing to spread the goodwill of that lofty perch, which he has uh, self-shortened to the king of TV. But I do know that he has done about 269 episodes of his podcast, The Paul Goebel Show. And he sent along this very short chunk to give Succotash listeners a taste of what podcasting kings sound like. So take it away, your highness. Here, here's one. Who would want? When I was, here's how stupid I was. I was 20 years old, went home with a girl who was gorgeous, Dana. Remember Dana? Oh, yeah, Shaved Dana. Shaved her vagina completely, and I never right. had any that was your that first. Time. That was your first shaved vagina. Ever, and I got scared. <laughs> it scared him. Scared. A shaved snoob scared him away. She, it looked, at the time, it just looked, I don't know, I was 20, 1920. She was hot, yeah. though. Gorgeous, gorgeous. It bothered you that it didn't and have she balls. Liked it, and she also, <laughs> like, that's what it was, right? <laughs> you were like, is this supposed to get erect? Because that's what you'd always thought a vagina was. Was this erect, bulbous thing that would go in your butthole. I, I, <laughs> Am I right? I'm, I'm remembering correctly. All right, there's Paul Goebel. And you can catch him at thekingoftv.com. Also on iTunes, we are getting down to the knit and grit. That is episode 13 of the Succotash Comedy Podcast podcast. We've got a double dose of Bursto Durst for you going to break it up with a little uh, Henderson's Pants ad, and then I will see you on the other side of that. Hey guys, Will Durst here to sound the alarm about a serious political epidemic sweeping the nation today. America is deep in the throes of a severe case of debate fatigue, and nowhere are the symptoms more apparent than amongst the GOP candidates themselves. As evidenced by their most recent gathering in Nevada, which by any unofficial tally should count as the 367th debate in the past four months with only 519 to go, you could say the last debate got a bit testy. You could also say that Girl Scouts make ineffective NFL middle linebackers, especially in nickel coverage. You think the voters are annoyed? You should see the candidates. Starting to get on each other's nerves like somebody else's disco music pinning the red in a bathroom with stainless steel walls. After Rick Perry accused Mitt Romney of hiring illegal aliens to work on his lawn, the two squared off and only the presence of TV cameras kept them from making a date to meet under the bleachers right after school. Perry's frustration is evident. Seemingly unable to form a complete sentence in public, he admitted, Debates aren't my strong suit. No, not your strong suit. Week suit, leisure suit, or birthday suit. Face it, debates aren't your Bermuda shorts. And neither is foreign policy Herman Cain's black socks with sandals. All seven of the presidential wannabes tried to one-up each other on who would implement the strictest immigration enforcement by variously promising to utilize an electric fence, predator drones, and I think someone mentioned alligator pits. Michelle Bachman was confused by Libya being in Africa. Ron Paul kept his eyebrows on, and Newt Gingrich may have scuttled his entire campaign when he vowed his nominee to engage President Obama in a series of seven three-hour-long debates. 
Yeah, smooth move. Like telling a man with heartburn you plan on serving nothing but Tabasco jalapeno burritos for dinner for the next two weeks, and the sour cream has curdled. You always hear people say the problem with this country is Washington. But don't hate the player, hate the game. The people in Washington are normal. Okay, semi-normal. All right, all right. The inmates have not only taken over the asylum, they somehow managed to put the most criminally insane in charge. It's a work-free drug zone, the Florence of Malfeasance, the largest Superfund site in America, where they invented double-sided red tape and use it like it's going out of style. You know that box they're always telling us to think outside of? Well, the Beltway is it. And the worst place in the world to ask for directions. Because nobody has a clue as to where they are, but they all live in mortal fear of blowing their cover, so pretend to have all the answers and will go out of their way to confuse you just to stay in practice. JFK said D.C. combined all the hospitality of the North with the efficiency of the South. Not to mention the scruples of a turkey vulture overlooking a yard full of wounded bunnies. It's a place where you always have to worry that your best friend is wearing a wire. And then the politicians get all oblivious as to why the world holds them in such low esteem. Even though every election they spend millions of dollars convincing us what despicable crooks their opponents are, not realizing that the only time we trust them is when they tell us that the other guy is lying. And like Hotel California, you can check in, but you can never leave. Because after spending more than a couple of years in D.C., you're ruined and can never go back to living with normal people. But hey, a person has to live somewhere, right? Even lobbyists. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Hello, friends. Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? Well, we offer you Henderson's Space Pants. Yes, Space Pants. Say it with me. Space Pants. Here's the story behind Henderson's Space Pants. A few years ago, the head of Henderson's procurement office heard a rumor from a guy who knew a guy who had a sister who worked in the factory that makes the bolts that hold on the rear tailgates of the heavy-duty utility vehicles that were driven by a man who lived down the street from a woman that knew a mailman who once delivered a registered letter to a man who used to work as a substitute gate sentry at Cape Canaveral. Okay? Well, it seems this fellow had it on good authority that NASA was going to be putting in a huge order for space pants for the astronauts who fly the space shuttles. Based on that hot tip, Henderson's pants started churning out pairs of space pants by the lunar module full. Well, when NASA ended up pulling the plug on the whole shuttle program, plenty of people around Henderson's had freeze-dried egg on their faces. Only then did the fine folks at Henderson's discover the order was to have been for space suits, not space pants. It turns out there is no such thing as space pants. Until now, Henderson's has warehouses full of the suckers and you can wear them into space or anywhere else you care to squeeze into with your vacuum-packed ass. Originally designed for... Well, the NASA astronauts, haven't you been listening? Henderson Space Pants are available wherever mothballed airless flyboys shop. That's Henderson's, makers of fine slacks and Merkins since 1457. And now back to Succotash. Hey guys, Will Durst here to hazard a guess as to why everybody is so damn freaked out and polarized these days. I think it's because we're afraid. Afraid of not being number one, afraid of what's in store, of what we don't know. Because face it, there's so much we don't know. We don't even know how much we don't know. 
Not just the future. Screw the future. We don't know basic stuff, like how old the universe is. Smartest brains in the history of the planet figure the universe that we live in started around 13 billion years ago, plus or minus 7 billion years. Nice margin of error there. Hell, they given me that in 8th grade. I could have passed algebra. How come the dinosaurs died? Last major life form on the face of our planet wiped out en masse instantaneously. How come? Nobody knows. Weather got weird. And what's happening now? Weather's getting weird, man. Mostly from the fumes from our cars, which are run on fossil fuels. Eh, ain't life odd. We still don't know why aspirin works. We don't know why macrame is competing trade journals. We don't know why CSI Miami is still on the air. We don't know why John Boehner is so orange. Why Keith Richards lives. We don't know why celebrity Russian roulette hasn't been turned into a reality show with the first six episodes starring the Kardashian family. We don't know why they still make strawberry quick. Come on, nobody buys it twice. Everybody loves the chocolate and eventually gets around to trying the strawberry once and only once. Hell, I can't figure out why if the earth is round, how come the penguins don't fall off the bottom? No, no, you can talk about gravity too, you're blue in the face. Somebody somewhere is upside down, man. How does that work? Don't ask me. I don't know nothing. For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm, uh, oh yeah, Will Durst. Oh, thank you, Will Durst. I shared a stage with Will at the Grin Reapers show I was mentioning earlier uh, this past Halloween. That was a lot of fun. And this show was a lot of fun, too. Episode uh, 13 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, is drawing to a close. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, listen to Bill Haywatt tell you how you can get a hold of us. Uh, please uh, also uh, listen to us on Stitcher uh, Smart Radio on your smart device. And uh, look forward to our next episode together. If you are a comedy podcaster and want to send something along, just send it to me, Mark, M-A-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com, S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H-S-H-O-W.com. And uh, send me a three to five minute MP3 slice, and we'll put it on the air, or on the web, or on the whatever this is we're doing. Until next time... Please remember to pass the Suckatash. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes and even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash.